Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is episode 110 with Jim the cow. Today's episode is brought to you by Fiverr.com. Yay, new sponsor. And I love these guys. Fiverr.com gives you instant access to millions of creative and professional services from people who love what they do. So if you ever need to get your work done and you have limited time or budget, these are the people to get it done. In fact, this podcast was created by many things from Fiverr. The intro and outro music, Fiverr.com. The logo for UID Media, Fiverr.com. A lot of the editing that I've done with the podcast has also been from Fiverr.com. So if you're looking for people to, to really help out with your internet marketing, help you improve your search engine optimization, and a host of various other things, all you need to do is search through the wide variety of talent and find the best seller for you. Make an order in one click and you're done. It's easy to get your work done on time and under budget. With over 150 categories of services offered, you will always find what you're looking for. I mean, there's literally everything that you can find there. I've seen people go sell ads or even stuff like tattoos um, on there. So you never know what you can find, but it's always great promo for your stuff. Sign up to Fiverr.com. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Use promo code NOMADS and get 20% off your first purchase. Fiverr.com any digital service in just one click. Now, on to the episode. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, Having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxit. Welcome, everybody, to As Told by Nomads, and today I have Jim Pickell with me. Jim. He's the president of HomeExchange.com, but he's also been a serial entrepreneur and a recovering attorney. Now, he left the corporate world and its rigid routines to seek out and collaborate with like-minded forward thinkers to create idea shifts that will change the world. So I'm exactly, um, he's exactly the type of audience we want to have, and I'm so excited to have him on because, you know, the mission statement for what we do here is use your difference to make a difference, and uh, he fits the bill. Welcome to the show, Jim. Hey, great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, to start off, why don't you tell us your your story? Because 
I think you do a lot better at it than I am, but you've had an interesting path to where you are today. You've done a lot of entrepreneurship. You've been in the corporate world. You've traveled to, I don't know, over 30 countries, and then you know, you've created this incredible community. So I'm curious as to how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I, I started uh, down a pretty traditional conservative path, and I think I've always had that itch that there's more out there. Uh, my my father was an attorney, and I started to follow in his footsteps. And uh, I, I think I knew pretty soon after graduating with some pretty significant law school debt that uh, maybe long term that that wasn't where I wanted to be. And slowly over time, I gravitated to uh, the internet. And in 2007, uh, I had. Uh, gone back to law school shortly before. Uh, that's when my recovery from being an attorney started. I guess <laughs> uh, started to look to do more, and 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 I guess the the word I love uh, is impact. I, I I wanted to do more that had an impact. Uh, I left Sony and uh, decided it was time to prove my own fortitude and see what I could do on my own. And we started a company uh, with a co-founder called openenglish.com. And that was at a time that I just had this realization, uh, the educational system, the way we learn, uh, it it was fundamentally broken and there was so much opportunity to democratize how people learn and allow them to exchange ideas. And when you think about it, uh, how all of that will happen, it's not really going to happen until there's an ability for people to communicate uh, across cultures and, and more importantly, languages, or I shouldn't say more importantly, as importantly. So uh, back in 2007, we launched a company called Open English, and the goal was to teach people English around the world. And we were really surprised to learn that the correlation of someone's mastery of English uh, was higher in terms of success uh, in their careers than where they went to school or even whether they went to university. So, you know, if you take someone in uh, India and you teach them a few words in English, they can increase their uh, their vocation from, let's say, cleaning an office to driving a a taxi. And if you increase their language a little further, uh, they they could move on to being on the front office and then client liaison and so on and so on. And and in short, around the world, the importance of a universal language that allows people to communicate across cultures is very important. So that was my first segue uh, into being an entrepreneur, uh, that company now employs 2,500 people. It's mainly in Latin America, uh, but uh, continuing to expand beyond that. And very, very challenging time. Uh, the internet bubble had burst, and the financial markets were really challenging. Uh, but I would say more than any other period in my career, that challenge of seeing who I was, of supporting myself and my family, uh, navigating through through that period, it really shaped who I am today. And a lot of it 
was also the travel and the people I met. And uh, someone once told me that the nice thing about being an entrepreneur is the community of entrepreneurs, if you're just up at the plate swinging the bat, even if you strike out, uh, the, uh, the empathy and support and, and people's willingness to try to help you, uh, it's, uh, it, it's really impressive. And, and that had a big impact on me, and I continue to try to help other entrepreneurs every way I can. So fast forward to, to today, uh, I exited that company around 2009 and then spent a year finding myself and what I wanted to do next. And I was actually living down in Mexico with my wife and my two-year-old son uh, looking for the next opportunity. And we had sold our home in Southern California and realized the summer's really hot in Mexico and we had nothing to come back to. And we stumbled across this incredible opportunity to exchange our home. That It was a concept that had been around since the 50s and uh, we, we dipped our toe in the water, so to speak, and sent a bunch of inquiries out to Southern California. And uh, the responses were so amazing and enlightening and receptive and, and uh, the hospitality uh, but long story short, one of the responses was the founder and CEO of the company, Ed Cushions of HomeExchange.com. Uh, he, he founded the company in 92, and he said his home was unavailable, but he liked my background. He didn't even mention who he was and said, let's have breakfast. Uh, and the other, uh, another one of the responses was actually... The home I'm living in now, three years later, uh, it's this beautiful five-bedroom home on an island and I'm actually renting now, I'm not exchanging it, was another avid home exchanger that said, I'd love to go down to Mexico and paint. My kids are all in college. I have this big house. I live alone. So uh, long story short, we, we did a home exchange with the owner of this house my wife ended up giving birth in this home exchange. Wow. Home, our second child. I had a breakfast with the founder and his wife. My wife and I did that turned into a four-hour breakfast. And uh, so now my daughter is the youngest home exchanger in the world. She's now <laughs> three. I'm now the president of the company. Uh, and uh, that initial inquiry that we sent to about 30 people in Southern California literally changed my life, my, my life in so many ways. I have a place to live. I have a child born in that place. <laughs> I'm living in a, a new area, and I have a job with the company, and I'm in an investor in homeexchange.com. So that's, uh, that's my short version of my story, but it's been an incredible journey, and travel's a really big part of it. That's uh, that's so interesting because you you started that amazing company that's that's grown to be you know one of the biggest language companies in, you know South America and then you you were you know disciplined enough to say you wanted something else and that's something I find a lot of entrepreneurs don't do especially when they have a successful company but the passion isn't as there as it used to be and you, you did that I'm very curious as to what pushed you to seek something else. Well, I think 
the my my entire career has been shaped by this uh, this tendency to get bored easily, mm-hmm. frankly, <laughs> where I, 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 I like to challenge myself in everything I do, and I won't say uh, I'm the best at anything, mm-hmm. but if I don't feel challenged, and I think that's what a lot of people are looking for as well, but um, they don't all necessarily design a life around it, so... Uh, you know, initially that was what drove me to law school. I found it challenging and interesting. And, and then when I found myself doing rote uh, work that became repetitive, it was time to move on. And, and uh, so that's a big part of who I am and my personality traits. And when open English got to a point where I felt other people could do more than I could do and they could contribute more and it wasn't disruptive and it wasn't radically changing the landscape of how people learn anymore. The platform was built. Uh, For me, that was a signal that it was time to move on. And I feel there is a tremendous opportunity to introduce people to how travel impacts their lives, to how to travel better, and and to introduce them to other cultures. I, I feel it's the first chapter. You know, we're just scratching the surface. The future of travel is super exciting to me. Yeah. And something I say is the reason why I started my company, uh, you know, I shared with you my background of being a diplomatic kid. I honestly believe that the best way to build the best set of global leaders or business leaders or whatever is to um, have people understand exactly what it's like to effectively communicate across cultures. And, that, and I, I think, you know, if you're able to see from the other point of view and the other person is able to do vice versa, you start to have a better understanding and a more informed uh, uh, decision-making process. And that's why UID Media came. That's why the podcast came about. But what was your story? You've traveled to over 30 countries. That's not a big, yeah, that's not a small feat. You traveled to over 30 co- uh, countries. Some of the companies you've been involved in have involved culture and language. Why is it so important to you? I mean, you you know, it, it seems like it's, uh, it's deeply embedded in, in who you are. Uh, you, you know, when I, my, my wife and I spent a year in Japan and when, when we returned from Japan, the most common question we got was, was it fun? And it's taken me a long time to, uh, think about that, that question and, and why I always had a hard time answering it. And I think the reason is because the reason my family travels, it, it's not about fun. I mean, we have plenty of fun on the road, but I think that travel helps give our lives meaning. And there's nothing we would have traded that year for. That year in Tokyo, being a foreigner, a gaijin, not speaking Japanese, having a car and not being able to read the road signs, uh, the, the personal and professional growth and the network that I built and of, of friends. Uh, someone emailed me today, and that was over 10 years ago, just reaching out to see how I'm doing. Uh, and, and I think more and more people, uh, they're, they're looking to find meaning in their life, right? You yeah. know, with everything going around and going on in the world and, uh, very divisive politics happening in in the U.S. at least, if not elsewhere. 
and they want to give themselves meaning. And, and to me, uh, A, I never get bored when I travel, and B, uh, when we structure the right kind of trips uh, and, and meet the, the people we meet on the roads, it provides a context. Um, and I think that's why it's important to me. If, I, if you ask many, many people on their most defining moments in their childhood, I read a statistic once, and, and I don't remember the number specifically, but the percentage of people that remember times when they were traveling with their families, uh, it's the majority. That's where the, some of their most striking memories are from, right? right. So uh, I think that's a big part of it. No, I mean, I, I can see that for sure. And I can honestly say the same thing about but myself having grown up so much. And can you talk about your favorite countries? Because, I mean, 30 countries, over 30 countries. Which, which is your favorite country? And why? Uh, well, my so my wife was born in Italy, and uh, the, the I am a. Uh, it's really hard for me to slow down at all. <laughs> you know, I, I tend to have lots of balls in the air, and in many ways we're similar, but in many ways we couldn't be more different. And the love for a quality of establishing a high quality of life that the Italians embrace. Uh, one of my observations is when you're in the United States, people always ask, well, what do you do? No one ever asked you that in Italy. And when I did take a year off to travel, I felt embarrassed by telling people that in the U.S. <laughs> and in Italy, if you tell people you found a way to take a year off and travel, you're a rock star because the, the highest level of regard comes not from someone who's necessarily accomplished the most, but from someone who has a high quality of life. And it doesn't mean you're, you're a bum and, you know, sitting in a hammock. It means a real quality of life. And, and I attribute a lot of that to finding meaning. So tremendous respect for Italy. And wherever I told you in the world, all the places the correlation to the people is nearly 100%. Mm -hmm. So you, you could choose anywhere in the world that's your favorite place. And if I went there with a, a uh, Frommer's Guide or, or whatnot and didn't connect with people, there's no way I'd have find the same appeal for that region that you did. Every single place in the world that I connect with, it's about connecting to the people. And some of that is serendipitous and others have... More and more, I set out to have connections before I'm in a location with interesting people, and I make a big effort to, to have that because you can't really understand a, an area until you see it through the eyes of locals. Love it, love it. And speaking of um, locals and understanding an area, your the company you're currently with, HomeExchange.com, was voted the number one uh, best website for booking your stay. So can you talk more about what your company does and why uh, it's important. Sure. So our, our, our company makes traveling more accessible to a lot more people, and they can travel further and stay longer by a very, very simple concept. You stay in my home, and I, I stay in your home. And uh, that originated mainly in the Scandinavian countries in the 50s, teachers, they love to exchange. My, my mother, when I was a kid, 
uh, she'd take us over the summers and we'd stay with other teachers and sometimes she'd teach in their classes and they'd teach in her classes. Sometimes they were there, sometimes she, they weren't there. The company started as a printed catalog and uh, it's ridiculously uh, value oriented, meaning it's membership driven. So people pay $150 to join the club uh, and we do have proprietary pre-screening. We now have 66,000 members in 150 countries around the world, and uh, there's no additional fees. So uh, in the last three years, since my very first exchange in the house I'm in now, I've done 20 exchanges, and it's literally changed my life. I, I, I love to travel, and we've been to Sardinia, we've been to Paris, we've been to the San Juan Islands, uh, skiing has become almost prohibitively expensive for families and yet we stay for free and we probably get 10 to 15 days in a year with my three and six year old uh <laughs> i i don't think i would have introduced them to skiing which was one of my favorite pastimes growing up but at, you know the cost of a, a, a ski condo and a, a ticket and rental equipment uh makes it hard for uh, an average family, we, we can do these type of things now because of home exchanging. Um, and, you know, everyone talks about the sharing economy. The reality is most companies that uh, describe themselves as part of the sharing economy, it's not really sharing at all. It's, it's more peer-to-peer -peer rentals. Uh, that's not who we are. We are truly embracing sharing so that if you think about it, the biggest asset you buy in your life, if you buy one in your home, you buy a home and you have access to travel anywhere in the world for no more than the cost of a, a ticket to get there. Hmm. So basically, they pay uh, you know, a, a predisclosed fee and then having paid that fee, they can travel anywhere they want because it's already covered, is what you're saying. Uh, we, we Last week, uh, we found they, they, they hadn't even come to us on a, uh, one of our members' personal travel blogs. They described how over the last decade, they'd saved $250,000 on travel accommodations what? using their home uh, to travel. And, and my wife and I are probably exchanging and, and children at least 30, if not 60 days a year uh, for free. So we're, we're, we're not paying to stay in those other homes. We use it for weekend getaways. We go out to Palm Desert. We use it all the time. And, and the, the people you meet in the process, going back to what I said earlier, uh, that's the most fun. You know, you really, when you're staying in someone's home, you learn quite a bit about them. Now, are, are your competitors, I don't know if Airbnb is a direct competitor, but are they pseudo-competitors? Or couch surfing, you know, places like that. Do you know? Um, Airbnb, I think, if anything, has eliminated the number one uh, obstacle that we had historically at the when when the company ten years ago used to go to the travel shows. The first question was, "Is it safe to have a stranger in your home?" Yes, and. You know, notwithstanding the Airbnb stories that are in the press from time to time, the statistical likelihood that anything goes wrong in an Airbnb is so low, and it's opened up such a 
enormous market and released value of idle resources that it's hard to argue it 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 it, it doesn't help with sustainability so if anything Airbnb's massive growth this year they grew at 90% over last year and they're an enormous company I think that helps us mm -hmm. uh, and then surfing you know couch surfing is similar and yet different that's more typically uh, it's a, a little bit of a younger demographic it's people that tend to and, and, and I don't want to generalize too much but uh, you know, they're backpacking around the world. They're looking for a couch to crash on, and they have some hosts that like entertaining those type of people and, and meeting the... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, the Jack Kerouac's on the road. Um, <laughs> And I think we're a little bit between the two. Uh, usually, although we offer what we call hospitalities where people can stay in a guest room, in theory, uh, pr probably 98% of, of our members are trading their whole homes, uh, their entire homes for someone else's, and they're really uh, high quality. Um, and and the, the other thing that is really critical to understanding what we do is when you eliminate money, from the equation between parties, I, I, it's difficult for me to describe, but the relationship is a completely different relationship, right? And mm -hmm. it, it's a little like if it, the analogy I'd use is if you accidentally go through a puddle of mud or scratch a car and return it to budget or Avis, you probably hate to say this, but most people don't say anything and they just turn it in and feel like, well, I paid for it. I'm entitled to it. These things happen. And the level of respect and consideration when someone's lending you their car and you're lending you their car, because that, that's also part of a lot of home exchanges. Uh, no, I, well, I guess I can't say no one, but the, the likelihood that you get your car back covered in mud is close to zero in the home exchange community. And I attribute a lot of that to both the reciprocity and the lack of money. Yeah, no. And, and I, I think you're solving a lot of problems. A lot of people say they want to travel, but, you know, cost comes into play. And, you know, what you've you guys have built is, is something where you're sharing experiences, you're sharing ways to connect with locals. And you're also doing that at a fraction of the price it would have paid. I mean, you set two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Someone had saved. That's that's incredible. So, uh, you know, someone like you who's have a who's had a lifelong wanderlust. You know, that's taken you over thirty countries. 
um, you know, across several continents. Why do you feel like that's an important thing for people to, to have? I know you were talking about doing road schooling with your with your with your child. Why do you feel like you want your child to understand what it's like to live in a global world? Well, I think that we're all increasingly connected to each other and the <laughs> ability to ultimately our survival depends on solving a, a common problem. And that is, you know, the, the access and use of limited resources. And uh, I think that there's the, the, the more time you spend with travel, the more you realize how interconnected and how interdependent we are. Uh, and the other thing, and I, I, you know, hate to throw out a quote, but it's one of my favorites. Uh, Mark Twain said, travel's fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And uh, there, there is, and I'm sure you've seen this, someone that's well-traveled usually has a broader perspective on things. That's what I've seen. Oh, for sure. And I, I you know, I... I, I there, there's something nice to be said of growing up in one place that is provincial and you have your annual parade and, you know, you know everyone in your neighborhood and I would never diminish the importance of having those connections, but having an international connected network of people with different views and, and being aware of what's going on in the world, uh, that's only going to become more important. No, no, I, I completely agree, and I, I wanted you to particularly share that because you, you know you get to see all this, and you, you're actively uh, raising you know someone who's going to be an eventual world changer. So I have no doubt about that. Um, fun things about you, Jim. Jim, you're a very funny guy. From from what we we established before we got on the call and started recording, why why do you feel um, you know that sometimes you know you you say you get bored easily, but it seems to me like you like to have this adventurous type of life where you, you take on things that might seem too much for other people, but you feel like, you know, why not? Life's too short. Why do you have that attitude about you? Wow, that's uh, almost an existential question. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I, we ask all the deep questions here. But <laughs> yeah, you've asked the, the, the best one, and uh, I know you, you do some consulting, but I don't know if you, you, you help with uh, sort of self-analysis. Uh, I, I, you know, it, there are probably various people and events in my life that have all led me to this place, and... Uh, I think it, it, I'll give you a couple of them and a few Please. involves a, a, a young graduate from law school with a fortune of law school debt walking into a situation that have, having an epiphany, uh, wow, was this a mistake because it wasn't fulfilling and, and it wasn't a really humane career given the number of hours you were expect to work and what it did to your relationships in your life. Uh, I think that had an influence. I think that rolling off a cliff uh, in a car eight times and uh, waking up in a hospital where I spent a great deal of time and realizing, uh, you know, you never know when it's, when it's going to be your time. Exactly. Has had an influence. Yeah. And, and I, 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 fully embrace the 
uh, there's no time like the present. It's you, you, you have to take some risks and make things happen. And uh, it and 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 the other thing I'd add is probably the biggest lessons in my life ever, without a doubt, uh, have come from failure. Mm. And I it really hard at the time, you know, jeopardizing my marriage and my family, going through. Uh, hard times when you take risks you're likely to fail uh, and yet what you can learn from that if you're capable of recovering uh, I went to law school and I I went to business school and my first mentor said you're not an entrepreneur because an entrepreneur is too restless to sit through graduate school and I really wanted to have the toolbox to succeed and I said I am you're, you'll see someday having said that I learned more from my failures ever than I learned from from law school or business school, and uh, I I that's my toolbox. It's a no. box full of failure. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. I, you know, I got my MBA recently, but I always say it's it's been the failures that I've learned the most. You know, I started the entrepreneurship thing almost by accident. I wasn't you know I was going to do the the same thing you do right, right after you you get your MBA, but. I took a risk, you know, I took a risk starting the company. I also had a, a nearly fatal car accident, but in my case, I didn't have a scratch and nothing happened to me except my car got totaled and the other two cars were affected. But I, I, then it was, it was a wake up call for me, just like it was for you. It was like, well, you know, that could have just gone. I could have just been wiped out. And why don't I just do what I need to do and what I want to do? Because you never know what tomorrow brings. And I, and I think that that attitude just comes with, uh, you know, just wanting to make an impact, but also wanting to make sure you live the best life for yourself. So it sounds like that's what you're saying. Yeah. And, and a, uh, another former partner of mine said, you can make money at just about anything. If you want to run a, uh, a, a furniture installation company or a window washing company, Ultimately, you need to do something you love, and it's not always easy to figure that out when you're younger. And uh, over time, I think the nice thing about entrepreneurialism is you really can design the the type of life you want. And and for me, uh, that's involved a lot of travel, the ability to work wherever I want to work, the ability to interact with people with different cultures and languages. Uh, and all of these things aren't easy. They don't always make me happy, but it makes my life a lot more substantively meaningful to me. And, and my, my wife speaks Italian, and we, we had a discussion when my children were born uh, whether to uh, teach them Italian or English. And the only way... The, the, the best way I should say to teach kids a, a language is to start early to immerse them and have one person speak only in that language. Yeah. I can't tell you how hard that was for us because my kids were spending more time with their mother than me and their first words and their first sentences and their first feelings, all of them were in Italian. That was so hard for me to not be there as they're saying their first things or I couldn't understand it really. Mm -hmm. And yet now there's nothing I would change that for to, to see the doors it opens for them. And 
you know, my six-year-old and three-year-old have their own secret little language when we're in the U.S., and it's Italian. And then when we're in Italy, they have their secret little language, and it's in English. And it's so much fun, right? Yeah. Uh, as you know, you, you, you have to... You, you, you have to take a leap at some point and make these commitments and you can't look back and you don't always know the consequences. No, no, you're, you're so right. And, you know, with the, with the kids then, my, um, in Nigeria, my, my parents, uh, Nigeria is the official language in, in, uh, in, um, in Nigeria. I'm sorry, Nigeria. English is the official language in Nigeria, but there are several, like over 300 different languages. And, we didn't learn the tribal language early on because my parents really wanted me to focus in English. And it's always something that I wish I learned. And I always tell my mom and dad just because it was, it was another way to connect to other people. Uh, but growing up in, in Burkina Faso and picking up French and studying that, I found that that language, that dual um, understanding of, of, of uh, learning another language and way someone connects, helped me connect to other people. Because I, I would travel to Europe or several countries in Africa and I could say something in French there were, and chances are someone else understood that whether it was broken French or something. So I think your kids would definitely be well, you know, they'd be well versed in being global citizens just by understanding two languages because the chances are through some mix of broken English or broken Italian and you're stranded at an airport, they can communicate in some way and uh, definitely find their way for sure. Oh yeah. I remember I, I had, a few lessons uh, a week when I was in Japan and in Japanese and my teacher told me that you don't need to become fluent in this language if you understand the Japanese culture and how we communicate and she said you know Americans communicate this way and she sort of pointed directly and back to me in a direct line and and you know, Japanese communicate this way, and she made waves, you know, sort of loose and, and circular, and the study of language uh, helps you really understand how people communicate in the culture, even if you never totally achieve fluency, and I, I wish I had three, four, or five languages <laughs> like you and <laughs> oh, my that... kids, uh, but it's a lot harder to, to learn, retain, and, and achieve fluency as you get older, that's for sure. No, for sure. And you know you know what's great about uh, language being the connector? It's that in order to connect to other cultures, it's not just language. You've, you know, for example, I wanted to get your idea on how you connect to other people because many people have this misconception that if they don't speak a language when they travel to a new place, they're going to be lost and it's not going to be a worthy experience or worthy cause for them to go through. But I, I'm sure you can dispel that in like quick three words <laughs> or three sentences and say, well, I connected in to Japan in this way. I connected to Mexico in this way. And that these are the ways I connected. Oh, you, you, you do have to. I, I, I always say you, you don't have to be uncomfortable, but you need to come out of your comfort zone a little bit in your own way. And I'll give you an example. I'm probably more extroverted than my wife. She's pretty gregarious. When we were in Japan, it was hard for her. I had I was working for Sony. I had colleagues. I had that opened a whole social network, and uh, uh, for for her to connect was difficult. And it was super interesting that uh, she found a group of Japanese that were studying Italian, and they really embraced her. It was and it was about six months through our year when she finally tapped into this group 
they really wanted to practice their Italian with someone. There's not a lot of Italians, or at least there, there weren't 10 years ago. And so her way to connect was just conversing in Italian to Japanese that loved everything about Italians. And she made lifelong friends through that connection. Uh, there's a hundred different ways, uh, but the tools today that are available that were not available when, when we did this, um, find something, in, in my, my best advice is find something that is your passion and there's tremendous networks, communities, and opportunities before you even go to reach out. Send a direct email to someone who runs the mountain biking group of so-and-so. And if you have that connection, regardless of how different you are culturally, 90% of the time, I think you'll, you'll be amazed and overwhelmed at how generous people are and, and how much they love to connect with people from other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. No, it's so true. And for me, it's sports. So I always do that wherever I go. And, you know, sports is such a universal language. I've had friends to say music for them. But, you know, I, I play a lot of sports. I'm very into sports. Whenever I travel, I try to get in, in, in those environments. And that's just, just a language we can connect. And, you know, we, whether it's through sign language, or, but we find our way at some you know, social gathering at the end of the game, and we start bonding. And, you know, that's how I've built some of my best relationships abroad. So definitely finding that common ground. <laughs> As a motorcycle no. drives in New York City. That's New York City. That, <laughs> no, I, as you were saying that, I was just thinking of the community of uh, motorcycle drivers and <laughs> uh, just on a on, on an aside, you know, that community that they have on a on a whim uh, we were with the advent of Uber like services. We decided to go down to one car as a one car family and Uber around and then realized, well, it's not perfect. So I bought an old, uh, 1970 Jeepster commando that's just intended for five miles around the house. I'm not a big car guy. And the community that that has exposed me to of people that love vintage cars that I'm totally unfamiliar with and how friendly they are. And they pull up next to me at lights and say, great car, man. And the point I'm making is those communities are everywhere all around the world, whatever it is you're passionate about, whether it's your church, whether it's your sports, food is obviously a big one. Uh, it exists all over the world, and if you can tap into that community, you, you, you barely need to reach your finger out through Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook or other to tap into these communities. And the warm welcome, it's, it's all but a red carpet's rolled out when you're visiting different parts of the world. And, and to me, getting better and better at doing that before I travel uh, it could just be a post on Facebook where I say, hey, I'm going to be in Istanbul this week. Does anyone know anyone? Inevitably, I'll get 10 responses of people willing to introduce me. And that's how a lot of my friendships have started. No, you're so right. And I, I can definitely share similar experiences. We're going to we're coming uh, to a close here, but I have two more questions. One is, can you talk about the importance of sharing economy? I know that's something that you're really passionate about. And then the other is you know where can we find out more about you and your organization and just you know if someone wanted to reach out to you to talk about 
you know, any of them, sharing economy or home exchange, where would they be? Yeah, I, I, to me, the sharing economy, we are really just in the initial stages. And, and I think people grossly underestimate how many more chapters are to be written. And, and what I mean by that is when you look at the uh, inefficiency in how the world manages their assets, the average car is underutilized or unutilized 97, 98, 99% of the time if you do the math. Yeah. And it just sits there, right? And, and you know, think about your home, think about your car, think about all of these assets. Uh, and as assets become more digital and, and they become more tradable and you think even of things like physical places to go to learn in school, that was the advent behind uh, my, my last startup, uh, I think the efficiency that we're going to start seeing and the reduction in the marginal cost of producing things and accomplishing things, we're living in the most exciting time in the history of mankind. And, and I'm so optimistic. I, I don't think that the sensationalistic headlines uh, are reflective of, of some of the incredible opportunities we have right now. Uh, and that that's going to impact travel. It's going to impact employment. It's going to impact education. Uh, and I think that there's a, a tremendous upside to all this. So very, very bullish. I'm a, a big optimist on all those things uh, and would welcome the opportunity to talk to anyone more uh, with my two partners at Home Exchange and, and all of my colleagues every time we get together. Uh, in different parts of the world since we have no headquarters all we do is sit around and talk about how these things could play out because the future is still unclear I think it's bright we love to say the future is bright but it's unclear uh, and I'd welcome any of your listeners to reach out to me you can learn more at www.homeexchange.com uh, that will redirect you to other sites in 15 languages if it's not if if you're not in a wow. English speaking and my email is jim at homeexchange.com. Feel free to email me directly and I will respond directly. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I've really enjoyed the conversation because, you know, it's you, you mix stories, you talk about sharing economy, you talk about family, you talk about entrepreneurship. So it was, it was very uh, value packed. And uh, I appreciate you taking that time to do that. Uh, the last question, I, I lied. I said I had two questions. The last question is how do you use your difference to make a difference? That is the question, and that's the mission statement of the, the company. It's the question I usually leave my guests with. You know, uh, when I'm looking for uh, ways in which I can contribute, uh, there's a couple things I look for, and it's, it's literally in the last year or two that I really refine this. I never interview for a job. I'm more interviewing who I might be working with or for or whatnot. And uh, what I'm looking for is the magnitude of the impact that I could have uh, in the organization or, or you know, in, in whatever opportunity or project it is. Uh, I'm looking for uh, whether I have certain skills uh, that, that can be used. And, and uh, secondly, and I'll give you three, I'm, I'm looking for uh, um, whether... Uh, it will be fun 
no, because yeah. uh, that's really important to me. And, and finally, I like to solve problems that I share with whoever I'm working with. It's really hard for me to identify if I'm trying to uh, build widgets and you know for a machine that have nothing to do with my life. And it's taken me a long time in my career to identify opportunities where I'm solving problems that I share. So you know, um, when I'm frustrated trying to navigate a home exchange, then I can solve it for myself. Yeah. And those are the, the way I try to make a difference increasingly. And I'm not just talking about being an entrepreneur is I look at challenges I've had in my own life that I've either want to solve or still want to solve. I look at whether I can have fun and I look at an impact and, and, uh, you know, I, like I said, I spread myself pretty thin, but that's my parameter to assess how I spend my time. No, no, I love it. And, you know, I, I've really enjoyed the conversation with you. And I can tell, you know, I was saying we talked earlier before the call. I could tell where your heart is and I can tell how you you really committed to doing that. But there's something to be said about enjoying the work you do and also enjoying the people you work with. So you definitely are a testament to that. So thank you so much for taking your time thank and just you. sharing that. Thank, thank you, and looking forward to continuing the conversation uh, outside of the podcast. It was a ton of fun and great questions. Thank you. Jim Piquel, everybody. <laughs> You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.